Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and this week in production, I'm reflecting with a familiar voice. This week in production is produced by Art Aldrich. The thoughts and opinions expressed here are undoubtedly his own. You can reach Art at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. This is Don McGee. To book me for voiceovers, please call 908-451-6760. Thanks. Calling in live from Boston, Massachusetts area, Mr. Lou Lita. Love that dirty water. Hello, listeners. Art? <laughs> Is that a Boston thing, the dirty water? Oh, yeah, that's the love that dirty water. Boston, you're my town. It's been quite a while since you appeared on uh, This Week in Production, mostly because I haven't been doing new episodes. Well, there's that. I mean, I've thrown it out there, but when it fell upon deaf ears, as they say. Right. Need needless to say, I didn't want the audience to worry about you. I mean, we, we've been spending time together working. It's not like we haven't seen each other. Well, it's and the irony is, is one of our listeners, our good friend Chip Maynard, uh, alerted me to a, your recent uh, podcast. I'm like, what? Oh, I had no idea. Yes, and so I, I, I was, was good. feeling a little sassy. And you sounded a little sassy. I would even dare say Randy. <laughs> you know, I spoke a little bit about why I haven't been really doing any new episodes, just because I really felt like there was nothing new to say. We've been working on the same jobs that we work on all the time. The work's been pretty much normal. Dare I say, travel has, for the most part, been pretty normal. Though this year I did get my client to agree to send all the crew out a day early, just in case we had scheduling problems with the airlines. Did you, I don't remember, did you get burned on any cancellations? No, I mean, I had a couple of delays, a few gate changes, uh, but nothing major where it was canceled or, you know, completely lost out on a job. Right. So I got to say, I was pretty lucky. Right. I, I think for the most part, most of the crew was pretty fortunate with the travel. But, you know, it's cheap insurance. These things require a lot of hands. They're, all the positions, you know, have specialties. And when I don't have the normal resources there, it gets out of kilter a bit. So this is kind of cheap insurance, sending everybody a day early and and not risking not being there. But aside from that part of the work, everything else has been fairly normal. People are, you know, wearing masks as they want. But I, I'd say for the most part, COVID and travel and the impact on my business has subsided. I, I would agree. I would agree. What do you see from your standpoint uh, impacting your business. And, and, you know, I, I know that you do a lot of commercials, you do a lot of car commercials. And in my mind, and you've told me otherwise, but I still have a hard time believing it. 
that the car business has come back. Hey, you know, it's funny. I actually, I got an emergency request to do a car commercial last night. I had to, uh, I didn't produce the full commercial, but a longtime client wanted a, what we call a donut in, in the industry, meaning uh, offers. It, it seems to me that the Jeep, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram has the most inventory. And this guy has been a regular advertiser. He does very well. He's probably top Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram dealer in New England. Had a couple of offers he wanted to get out there, tie it in with a kind of a Christmas theme. Asked me, knowing I've never failed him, to pull a commercial together for him last night. I had to find a voiceover at 9 o'clock last night, which meant I had to reach out to people on the West Coast. I found one of my guys in Idaho that uh, actually gave me the voiceover as a kind of a Christmas gift because I've given him a lot of business over the years. Way to go, so the, Idaho. <laughs> and he delivered. I was able to get the commercial produced and approved uh, at about 11 o'clock last night. I got a lot of praise from my client and uh, got it all delivered this morning. So a small miracle. I call it a Christmas miracle. But but back to your, your point, I, you know, I wouldn't say it's fully back, but that particular customer has been fairly regular, and I've had. Uh, I'm actually producing, uh, shooting some commercials next week for a Honda dealer and a Volkswagen dealer. So, I think it depends on the manufacturer, and in some cases, you know, it's maybe a little more pre uh, pre owned inventory, which has had higher margins for dealers. Um, I wouldn't say it's fully back, but I've definitely done my share. Okay, well that that's you know good to hear. I. I can say that there are definitely some aspects that of my business that have still not come back, mainly because my clients are not back in their office space. So all the little uh, yeah, talking head pieces that we would shoot on site at at the corporate offices, all all of that virtually dried up, and mm. there is no plan for my client to return to the office anytime soon. I'm I'm surprised they're willing to hold real estate leases as I, long as they still have. still amazes me. Yeah. And and but you know if if I live in I live about 25 miles south of Boston and when you have to go to Boston, you would think everybody's back in the office because the morning rush hour it, it's full blown at about 5:30, 5:45 in the morning. So people are going back to the office. What about um supply chain logistics is that impacting you in any way um i would say where it impacted me i was trying to uh, lease a new vehicle um back in the summer i needed a new van for my equipment um and it was a bottleneck i i, I kept being told uh, a couple weeks couple weeks couple weeks um and this was for a new uh, it was a actually through my 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 uh, client a chrysler Pacifica. And I just couldn't wait anymore because my other van was about to die and I could not get caught shorthanded. I ended up getting a Toyota um, Sienna, which I already had from another client uh, because they were available and I just got lucky. I ended up getting a notification that that vehicle that I was going to get in August had been built and arrived in November. But at that point, it was too late. So that's really the only issue I've had as far as you know, equipment or, um, you know, other clients it hasn't really been a huge issue. I know that I've had a lot of issues buying, um, 
things, lighting things, stands, frames, um, hard drives still seem to be uh, in short supply. I've been buying a lot of uh, SSD based or, uh, you know, NVMe based storage because mm. it's, it's available. It's not cheap, but it's available. But, um, and uh, things like, you know, audio components, especially things that use these chips made by Audinate, uh, the Dante chips, uh, you can't, you can't get them. So things that I'm trying to prepare for going into the first quarter of, uh, 23 i still can't get parts yeah i guess it just depends on on the niche and the specialty i, I as i said i i've purchased a few ssds um about a month ago uh even some you know bigger backup drives was not an issue and pricing was actually incredible so i think it just depends on manufacturer do you have have you experienced any you know, the global workforce shortage. Have you experienced anything related to not being able to get people to work? Um, not so much recently, no. Um, I It seems like the people in my world are very busy. Is that Wayne's world? I, I think I might need another sip here. Wayne's world, <laughs> Wayne's world. Wayne's world. What what are you what are you sipping tonight as you uh, speak to us on the Twip Hotline? I, I am uh, I am sipping some Reposado. It was uh, recommended to me from a, a fellow coworker of ours, uh, Christian. This is the single state tequila Ocho uh, Reposado. Uh, I, I've never had it before. He suggested it when I was shopping recently, and I have enjoyed it. Very nice. I I have. Myself, a little Don Julio uh, 70. Oh. So I'm sipping on that. So cheers to you, Lou. Cheers to you. On ice or straight? On ice. On ice. Well done. Here's a dilemma that I just faced. So let's say that uh, your accounting firm, Dewey Cheatham and Howe, called you. Oh, yes. And said. And they call me regularly, by the way. They do. They do. <laughs> and they said, Lou. Lou, you need to dump some cash. You need to dump you need to dump ten grand before the end of the year. What are you purchasing? What am I purchasing? Um if you if you had to burn ten grand this week, what would you buy? I, I mean I might look at a another camera, like a, a full frame I, I mean I may even look at a red, you know, if I had to spend 10 grand, um, you know, I am very happy with the cameras I have now, but they are like, you know, three, four years old. Um, you know, nobody's saying uh, you, you would consider red, even though the workflow would be completely out of your comfort zone. Possibly, you know, or, or something of that ilk. I mean, uh, you know, maybe it would require a, a, a visit to NAB. Um, you well, know, you, wouldn't, you, as... wouldn't, you wouldn't have time. You have to burn the cash this oh, week. Oh, yeah, that's true. What are you buying? Make... What are you buying, I guess, Lou? I guess I would go to you and say, what should I buy? And you'd tell me, and I'd be like, no, 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 no. But um, I don't know. Um, it's a good question. I I'll give you one thing. I, I would love a nice Sheps microphone. 
I would, I've always been a fan of that mic and I know there are over two grand. Um, you know, I don't always need them, but it would be nice to have one okay. and maybe a couple new, new wireless. I guess if I had to spend money, that would be probably top of the list. It would, it wouldn't get you to 10, but you'd be, you'd be halfway there. Made me, if you made me spend money, I'd find something. But th those two things I probably would spend the money on. All right. So I recently faced this dilemma myself. And I was, like you, took a moment to ponder the situation. What I wound up buying was more storage. I bought another 16 terabytes of uh, NVMe ram raids so mm -hmm. they go in a little owc uh box it's like the m42 or something and it just holds four uh mvme blades and that was about i think that was about thirty five hundred dollars and then i was really enjoying my editing experience with the mac studio and i mentioned this on the last podcast where I've been I've been deep in in post production and I said you know I when I bought the Mac Studio when it first came out back in June I bought sort of a conservative model and it was not the ultra but like the max it did have the extra GPU cores but I didn't load it up with RAM I only bought 32 gigs of RAM and I only bought a a 1 terabyte uh, internal SSD. And I've been very, very pleased with the performance of Final Cut and some of the, the things that it has in Final Cut that are unique to the uh, M1 or the Apple Silicon chips. So I decided to buy a pretty loaded, and I'll tell you why I say it that way, um, Mac Studio, another Mac Studio, because I will be needing uh, a second machine for this upcoming Iditarod work that I'm going to do remotely from from New York. But I bought I bought the same M1 Max with the same GPU cores because I have not seen any performance gains going to the ultras. And I did upgrade the RAM from 32 to 64. And what did you see? Well, that? nothing nothing that I can quantify. But what I did buy option on this new Mac Studio was the 8 terabyte SSD option. Wow, that would, that probably added quite a bit that, to the price tag. That added almost $3,000 to the price tag, but I will tell you why. Ask me, Lou, why why did I do that? I would say because of the speed, the performance, not needing external drives, uh, I'm guessing. Yes, the, Tell us. the speed of the Apple uh, internal SSD drive in the M1 Mac Studio is 5,000 megabytes per second of throughput. Wow, that's incredible. It screams. So the need for less external storage, and, and, and I am very, very um, safety-oriented about having data in enough places. Yes. And I recently had a problem with my 120-terabyte spinning drive disk array, and I've been slowly backing that off uh, onto other drives. But 
having internal eight terabytes where I can work and still have it on an external drive or two just felt like it was money well spent. So that $5,000 system, and I did get a new 27-inch uh, studio display to go with it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and the little extra storage, that was how I spent my my ten thousand dollars i could see do i could see doing that that actually if you made me spend 10 grand because i have noticed with my laptop just offloading through the sd card reader it's screaming fast to the internal drive work occasionally i will work on a project on the internal drive and it is significantly faster i haven't clocked it but i'm certain it's screaming fat much faster than any external drive i have yeah so so that that new setup has gone in place and it was funny because i went to the apple website to uh buy said configuration and it was probably three weeks out and i went to my second favorite place to shop b and h mm -hmm. and they had it in stock and i ordered <laughs> it on a monday afternoon and i had it in my hands tuesday morning so and, and you didn't sleep tuesday night instant gratification goes a long way i'm not planning on any more expenditures for the the rest of this year there may be i'm building out a new um system for live streaming for the iditarod this year i may need to purchase a little bit more gear for that I, i've done most of it i'm rebuilding rack cases i'm going to talk about that on next week's podcast, but I don't have any other plans for new gear. Uh, I'm still happy with my Varicams. I'm still happy with um, all the lighting, though. We did upgrade some of the lighting pieces over the summer. Um, but yeah, no other purchases that I am planning to make unless something job-wise uh, dictates That's it. Right. Yeah. Mm. How about what's your status with drones these days? Uh, still using my Mavic 2 Pro as my main drone. I did buy a, a DJI Avada, which is the the first person, or they call it a Cine Whoop drone. Whoop, whoop. I think you, you did you get to fly it? Or you only no, witnessed I would, it? You, yeah, I only witnessed it. Okay. I have the photos. Yeah. I cannot be caught seeing wearing those goggles. <laughs> so I, I, I've used that for one job and it was a little nerve wracking because it was a job at a professional hockey uh, arena. And I was literally getting vertigo flying it off the second tier into the, the, you know, ether. And I was getting vertigo just in the, in the headset. So that I was a little, imagine. a little nerve, uh, yeah, a little was... nerving, but uh, I've used it for one job. I still have my Inspire 2 with the the uh, X7 camera system and RAW. I've not flown that drone in quite some time. I'm I'm not going to dump it only because I'm not going to get the return on it that I would hope for. I, I mean, there's probably a new one coming out in the next six months. But again, supply chains and F FAA regulations may water that down. So... Not not going to do anything on the drone front. Still pretty happy with that stuff. I've always been a big fan of those X7 cameras. Those are like four micro four thirds with energy with uh, 
uh, interchangeable lenses. Yes, it's it's not it's a micro four thirds size sensor, but the mount for the lens is a proprietary. Uh, oh, I didn't know it's that. It's a DJI DL mm -hmm. mount. But they those those cameras are very nice. They are very nice, and and I've used that. I did fly that this year. Actually, the one time I flew it this year was for a um, big golf tournament that we work on. Mm -hmm. And they run video boards, and they need 6K resolution to fill the width of this big, oh, right, right, wide right. video yep. board on stage. So we fly 6K um, drone footage for them for that. Unless something shiny and new comes out, not planning on any new expenditures. But if there is something that I want, I usually get it. Yeah, who's going to stop you? Exactly. One note I've, uh, I wanted to mention is I'm starting to get requests. I mean, we all know as, as being kind of, you know, old school, uh, you know, we prefer landscape video, 16 by nine, holding our phones, watching things in a, you know, widescreen mode. But there's no doubt that the phones and TikTok, Instagram, other social media sites have sort of changed how people consume video getting requests for TikTok videos or, or, or being able to multi-purpose footage. Like, how do we shoot this? You know, do we shoot it widescreen traditionally and then it's available for use on Vimeo or YouTube or, you know, television? Uh, but we, we center cut it and then deliver it in a vertical form. I even heard recently that Canon is coming out with a camera that emulates an iphone so a vertical mode i don't i don't i don't, i'm not sure the model or can verify this but i was told this so any experience of this in your world i i have done a little bit um not for the reasons that you say but i did have a job and this is really a few years ago now where they wanted to shoot head-to-toe interviews and they wanted the wide shot to literally be head to toe of someone standing on white seamless. Mm -hmm. And obviously to do that in 16 by nine, you're going to have a lot of wasted sensor, yes. uh, mm -hmm. you know, sites. So we wound up at the encouragement of uh, our friend, John Sheeran, he uh, said, well, you know, you should shoot 4K 9x16 with a special vertical mount for the Varicam. Mm -hmm. And then you'll get, you know, more vertical resolution in your in your picture because you have the the alignment going in your favor as far as the sensor goes. And that's the only time that I've shot vertically for um content purposefully and i know people do it for video walls and for other reasons i think the way that i would approach it if it's a multi-purpose shoot meaning they want to deliver traditional video and social media as well i would do as you say uh center cut and deliver okay. yeah deliver something out of out of that method which in final cut they have these filters for which will even do um, repositioning automatically based on what 
the content is. It uses AI and machine learning to keep the subject centered in the vertical box. Yeah, I, I don't think this is going away. I mean, I think this is pretty normal. It makes sense if you have to deliver it in that arena, right? What is your yes. playback? If your playback is a mobile device at, you know, at, uh, you know, 200 vertical lines, go ahead. You know. Right. But, but you know, this is kind of hearkening me back to when HD first started coming out. And I believe you and I both started shooting HD long before people could see it or, you know, ask for it. But we like we had it and we did it. And it was I think it benefited us. But it sort of also future proofed the footage. Um, and we may be at that point again of, you know, shooting 4K. And somebody asked me today if I'm, if I'm going to start shooting 8K. I don't have any 8K cameras, but I can see it happening in the next couple of years. It's um, a lot no of data. Think it won't. It's, a, it's lot a lot of data. data. It's exactly. And that's the part people don't consider. And you and I are kind of fanatics about archiving and backing up and managing all this stuff. And you're way better at it than I am. But I just know it's a it's a management issue. Another, another trend that I am seeing will get more visibility in 23 will be virtual sets. And we yes, did, we yes, did see some yes. of this at NAB last year. And, uh, I haven't, I haven't used a vertical set for anything, uh, yet, but I am getting some queries, some projects that are being talked about. I, I see the potential to use a virtual set to to shoot these but i have not um completed one i haven't even priced one out as far as renting a stage that has it all set up but i do see that that will be a option for people who don't want to do green screen traditionally and still want something that looks more organic yeah i i, I see a, a, a client that i used to work with on LinkedIn doing a lot of that for a big, big client that I've done a lot of work with. And it's, you know, I know we used to fly all over the country for this client and they're now basically producing virtual sets and shooting with giant LED screens. And it's pretty impressive. Um, I don't know enough about it. I don't know what's involved, but I think just the travel alone, not having to deal with that anymore, is saving them thousands of dollars. It's funny, a friend of mine, a friend of yours as well, Mr. Bernie Mitchell, he uh, sent me an email about NAB next year and if I had registered for my uh, exhibit pass. And uh, I said, yes, I have, though I don't know that I'm going or not. I mean, if I'm not working and I'm not doing something better, I will go. Uh, what is your feeling on, on NAB, a return to NAB this year? Um, I would go if much like you just said, if I didn't have work and I'm not entirely sure about my schedule next year, um, if it fit into the schedule and I wasn't, uh, you know, pressed for any real, you know, deadlines at that point, uh, it might be kind of a last minute call. I mean, you know, let's face it. We go, we have a good time, you know, going out to dinner, catching up with old friends, playing some golf, walking the floor. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily go to NAB now strictly for the equipment. It's more for, I think, a social um, getaway. Um, 
I wouldn't say I I wouldn't go, but it's not it's not like oh, I gotta go. It's a must see. Yeah, I would agree. And, I I would agree with that. And I think you know at this point, what can't you learn and find out? I mean, it's not like there's really any huge surprises anymore because I don't think companies can afford to, you know, delay announcements. Here's what benefits I still get from going to NAB. So I go to NAB, I'm looking at lenses. Mm -hmm. These are expensive lenses, Cineglass, Zooms, Ingenue, and Canon, or whatever. And I see the the rep, I shake his hand, tell mm -hmm. him what I'm looking at, and I can arrange for a demo loaner lens to be provided to me when I need it to test. If I went to uh, the Ingenue website and watched a webinar, the chances of me knowing who to reach out to to make that request is slim to none. You're right. Likewise, I've gone and met um, the developers, the the architects of, of certain software applications, and I'm able to. And, and, and you've altered the history of uh, certain companies. <laughs> Mostly Did in I a negative that? way, but, but sometimes positively. <laughs> they, they, you said go right, they went left, <laughs> and, and they're thriving. I, I do find the value in it, but it is not a, a must-be situation obviously uh, if if i have work that's gonna take precedent for me but i know that some industry people are pushing for more virtual or streaming or you know events that are hybrid but you know i still find a benefit of some of these being in person myself well if nothing else i always find myself reinvigorated inspired you know and if i pick up one little nugget or observe something that I think might make my life better or more interesting. And, you know, there are some people, friends of mine, allies, uh, associates that sort of count on me to share industry knowledge just because I do travel more and I do, uh, I am around different arenas. So it, it, it sort of helps keep me in the know. So uh, there is value to that, but it's not, I would not say it's a, uh, I have to go or I'm I'm going to fall behind. I don't feel that. Right, right. I would agree. So as uh, as we wrap up this episode, um, I know for me, this time of year, the last two or three weeks of December, for me is my most frantic time. I am I am desperate to wrap up, you know, projects that were, were shot and have been, you know, lagging in uh, editorial hell uh, for for months as I travel around, and now I have to get them pumped out the door, and then I have, you know, pre production work for the Iditarod that's going to start in, I mean, it's already started, but it'll start heavily in January. So this time of year for me is not a rest and reflect though my client is basically closing up shop for two weeks and I will never hear from them until January 3rd. But for you, is this, uh, do you have any downtime? Are you going to have any time to, to reflect and uh, contemplate the future? Well, I do that on a daily basis, but that's another story. Um, 
<laughs> I, I, I would say this December is right now as busy as I've ever been. Much like you, this week has been editing hell. Uh, came back from a job with you on the West Coast and, and got hit with back-to-back-to-back shoots. Of course, you throw in holidays and, and shopping and, you know, trying to recover a little bit. But, yeah, there's really no let-up right now. Um, even the week after Christmas is starting to look kind of busy and people are now trying to get things lined up for the first week of January. So I, I'm a little surprised by it. I mean, I'm not one to be, you know, seasonal because I cater to a lot of different markets. But I, I am, I mean, I, I'm grateful for it. But at the same time, I sort of look forward to the wind down. And uh, I'm not really experiencing that this year. So a lot of late nights trying to push through and, you know, take a few days around Christmas. And then gear up and do it all over again. Well, as they say, misery loves company. So, uh... Lou, to you, uh, Merry Christmas, you. Happy New Year. I'm sure as well in your family. I will be talking to you many times before the <laughs> yes, uh, you will. the end of the year. But thank you for appearing on this week in production, the reboot, as I'm calling be back. it. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm.